Hello, everybody. Before we start this podcast today, I just want to let you know that I'm not sponsored in any way by any company. There is no ads here. But if you do want to see the products that I promote and the books that I have written, you can see all of that and all of the links to all of my social media accounts and Instagram, YouTube, and so on. All of that is on my website, noticebooks.org. N-O-T-U-S books.org, not us books.org. Hey guys, just me here today. A little while ago, I was asked to uh, give some comments on writing, writing a book, uh, the writing process. And I, I kind of think that the question is usually more about time, how to find time. So what I'm going to say is going to apply to anything that you really need to get done and you feel you don't have time for. Time is probably the most common excuse, time and cost, right? So there's two different types of people, two categories of people having to do with time. I'm going to call them type one and type two for the purposes of this discussion. Type one does not have much time. Maybe you have to go to work and then you got to do something with the kids and then you got to do this and that before you know it, the day's done. And that's your story. That's a lot of people, type one. And then type two has time. Maybe your partner goes to work and you have the house to yourself for six, eight, 12 hours. Who knows? That's type two. I'm type two. I have all the time in the world. This can be a huge problem if you don't structure your time properly. So I've filled my calendar. I've filled my daily agenda to the point where I basically operate as a type one. Meaning if I don't schedule something in, I'm simply not going to have time for it, period. You know, so if I need to get writing done, I need to treat myself basically like a type one. But I also have the luxury of being able to expand that anyway. So if I start with type one style, their days jammed, you, you have to fit it in somewhere. It'd be the same if you're going to the gym. People are going to recommend do it at the beginning or do it at the end. I usually recommend the beginning. If you need to get an exercise in and you don't have much time, the absolute best time to do it is immediately once you wake up and get it out of the way. It's the same for me with reading. I don't have time to read all day. I read in the morning. And then I move on and my brain's doing other stuff. I'm thinking about other stuff, all that kind of stuff. At the end of the day, I'm tired. I don't recommend reading at the end of the day. I tend to not believe that I actually read it. You know, I don't really remember it. I wake up feeling like I need to reread what I read. Some people say some studies even say that work and reading at night can be beneficial. Apparently you can remember more of it in the morning. Sure, maybe. But to me, the most important point is getting it done. So I'm regularly tired at the end of the day. I just don't expect to get the best work done at the end of the day. So I don't, I don't schedule it in. I do it first. And if I have to do reading or writing or anything particular, a project style, that's what this book is. It's a project. I would do it first thing in the morning. So as a type two, meaning I have all the time in the world, I tend to work obsessively on things until they're done. That's kind of how I like to operate. And then I like to switch it up. So I change my project focus week to week or bi-weekly depending on what it is a book is a bit more intense the last book that i just wrote took basically two weeks it took one week of writing and another week of editing editing is probably the most important part i could have spent another week on editing there was still a handful of small mistakes but a bunch of them were taken care of and i want to say that actually no matter who you are it's same with filming same with making a video making content you have to be comfortable with the fact that your job as a, as a writer or an artist or whatever is, is kind of just to get it, get it on the paper first in a sort of a splash. And then the real work is in actually the editing, but that means you can sort of relax for the creative part of it. 
the writing, I like to just just write, just let it free flow. It doesn't really matter if it all connects and makes sense. I can figure that out later. That is the hard part. But by the time you've done it, by the time you've put the first layer of paint on the canvas or you've got the first draft of the book done, you've invested so much and you actually, you kind of know where you need to go already. You might just be dreading the work to do. That's just That's just on you to actually do it. And having the time to do it would mean blocking in chunks of time. Most people would be amazed how much reading you can get done in 30 minutes. It adds up so much when you do it 365 times a year. Writing a book is not that big of a deal. I just wrote 36,000 words. It really was like five actual days of hitting the keyboard, right? You're editing as you go and you're, you're working your way over things and there's a couple extra days in there, but five days of actual writing. Those were pretty solid days, so if that was in mornings, call it three weeks. Call it six weeks if you want. It's still not very long. As long as you start committing to putting, you know, sentences down, then, and then continuing to put your your thought process down, it'll work its way out. By the way, to organize it all, I might not be the best one to ask about organizing it, but I basically just start in point form. It'd be the same with a video or same with a... A conversation you're doing an interview usually you just got some notes the last book that i wrote i wrote 11 points down there's 11 thought patterns that i could categorize and i wrote them down and then just one by one went filled them out some of them weren't very long they don't have to be very long by the way um one trick i would find uh, eight by 11 paper eight and a half by 11 regular sheet of paper is actually really really big your book's not going to be that big if you're writing a book you know, an essay can look like a book if you make it small enough. But I print in 7 by 9 inch, and that's a pretty standard size. And it, you, can, you can actually go quite a bit smaller than that. You can go like 5 by 7. That would not be out of place for a book. It's a nice little book. But 5 by 7 is quite small. There's margins on it, right? So if you already set up your margins and stuff on your paper as you're writing it, you realize that the page of a novel, the page size of a novel is not hard to fill. So those 11 points for me, my goal was just to kind of hit around 100 words. I figured, sorry, 100 pages. I figured once, and this is all formatted in, right? So it's really like, you know, 86 pages or something when you consider all of the space, the chapter spacing and all that stuff. So you get it done. And I figured by that point, I would be adding a little bit to it as I went back through it. You're reading it and saying, okay, that doesn't make that much sense. I have to expand on that a little bit. Well, now it's 130 pages. That's a totally acceptable book that you can put on the market and it started from a piece of paper with 11 points on it right you don't have to write that much actually on each point before it to turn into a book it's actually pretty easy to do if you organize your thoughts this way so if you do something every day you're going to gain progress no matter what if it's working out if you do it every day in the morning you're going to get in shape I mean, period kind of period a little bit more if you have to eat properly if you just eat completely wrong you're not going to get results but if you work out every day you're going to see some sort of result that's pretty much a guarantee same with writing if you if you don't have anything to write then spend your first day sitting there and making that those notes in point form you know do the next step the next step is getting the page format set up pick your formatting pick your margins get your title page in get your publisher page in get your, your table of contents in right by the time you've done all this you're, it's so easy to now just sit down and write that even if you've got to go to work the next day now all you you're ready everything's done you just got to sit down that's my favorite way to do it is not to have much work involved anything i have to do 
if I have to go and drag my easel out of the basement and put it together by hand every time I want to paint, I'm going to paint a lot less often. It's much more convenient for me to have it awkwardly taking up half the living room, seriously, than it is to take it away and pack it up. We have workstations set up all the time so that we can just sit down and work. The microphone boom swivels over, it's ready to go. You know, the, the writing, I can sit down and write. The projects that I'm working on right now, everything's all formatted out. All I got to do is now fill it in, fill in the points. And it will become a book eventually. Now let's talk about this editing thing. Editing, uh, it should actually be paid for. It's a very, very, very important skill. It is the difference maker when it comes to the final product on the market. I get really, really irritated with uh, simple mistakes that are from self-publishers, self-publishing, regular people, teams of people, especially people who didn't speak English as their first language. There's lots of very, very basic mistakes that just would not be there in a, in a regularly published book. You know, it just would not happen. And this is unfortunate because especially when it's a good quality book that I want to recommend, I know that the those editing mistakes really diminish the quality. And there's there's bound to be a few mistakes in basically every book, even a real publishing book. But they're usually quite minor. They're grammatical or they're a, they're a A instead of a E in then, something like that. Simple stuff. And it was the same in mine. You know, there's an apostrophe in the it's when there's not supposed to be. Because anyways, little minor things are are fine. A few of them you can get away with. All readers will forgive a few mistakes. But if something doesn't make sense, if somebody's read regular books before, they can just spot these glaring types of errors that uh, the magic of the editing needed to happen there to really make it stand out. It's the difference between an amateur work and one that can be widely consumed by the public basically and easily recommended so i'm not that great of an editor i'm a decent editor but i don't expect any one person to be able to edit their own work with perfection and there's lots of people out there that are really really particular my personal account doesn't have that many followers it's got about three thousand. but i just simply asked the audience if anybody wanted to help edit and i figured that the most you know intense the people about grammar and stuff would be the ones offering to do it. And within a week, several of them gave me their notes and they made it very easy for me to go in and fix a whole lot of mistakes. That's why there was only a small handful of them in the end. And, and quite honestly, I'm the only reason I'm, I was so uh, quickly and easily able to put it onto the market was because of that help with the editing. I would have been sitting there pouring over it for two or three weeks. I would not have been confident in it without all those eyes on it because I got a lot of comments on it and it really helped me put it together. Same with the cover actually. I put my cover designs on the story and the, the audience, however small, they helped me choose and that gave me some very useful suggestions and then the end result really was a combination of all the feedback that I got and that was excellent. So I recommend this. I recommend getting a lot of help on the editing and when you're writing it, don't sweat the editing. You don't be crazy about it when you're writing it. Same with the first layer of a painting. You're not doing the crazy details. That's not what the first layer is about. You've got to follow the steps, lay it down, and then carve it out. So just know that there's a big block of time and effort that's going to be needed in the editing, but that's okay. All right, Spend your energy on the creative part and then switch the gears to the editing part after, which is kind of, to me, it's the crappy part. I don't like that part but it's the part that needs to be done to polish the product for the market. 
and that you can have forever. This is one of the beauties about books. Like this podcast is not about that. It's basically for anybody who asked and they want to do something. And if they do want to write a book of any kind, I do recommend it. It's not as hard as you think. And it's awesome the way that you can self-publish something so easily. Put it on the market where you never have to touch it. This is basically drop shipping. Since it's Amazon, they handle everything. You know, it qualifies for Prime and all of that stuff. You never have to touch a product. You don't have to bring it anywhere. You don't have to go anywhere. The money's deposited automatically in your account, however small. And to me, this is this is a very good deal. You know, when my last book cost me two weeks of intense work, basically, but I never really took a full day off of my actual business work. So, you know, it didn't constitute a day off. I just didn't put new effort into those the existing business. We just handled what was already happening, you know. But that was fine. So even wouldn't I didn't have incredible sales, but it was more than enough to justify two weeks of effort, and that was in the first month. You know, I expect to live a long time and be able to recommend anything that I produce on the market for a long time. So this can add up to many thousands of dollars, of course, you know, or more for one book. And this might be in seven years you're looking back and you're saying, Hey, my first novel, man, it actually ended up doing pretty pretty good. I've made five grand off of it over the over the last time, okay, but then your third book did better, better, you know, whatever it is, you're expected to get better, hopefully you are marketing it, you should be able to find an audience, and some people might think this sounds old-fashioned, but it's absolutely not, book sales, I believe they're higher than they've ever been in raw numbers, um, they overtook, online book sales overtook uh, regular bookstore sales a long time ago, many years ago, and they've only grown, you know, a lot of people don't also know that vinyl records are doing better than they ever have. You know, there's more units being sold today, I believe, than there were in the 80s. And that's great. So I might be wrong on that, by the way. But the numbers are great today. There's a lot of things that have gone under, sort of. But most of the newspapers are even still there. A lot of them are charging crazy online. But they kind of have the right to. They're producing relevant daily content that you would otherwise pay for a physical newspaper. So it's fine for them to transfer that online. But print is still very much in fashion. Hard copy is still very much in fashion. It never really went away. Um, there has never been a huge base of the population that reads in modern times. But there's still enough of them. Whatever the 5% is or whatever, they're still buying books. The population's still growing. Populations in general are basically growing in wealth and their ability to have money to spend on things like books and records. So they are. There is a market. And since most of our attention is on social media and stuff, it's not uncommon for creators to have their own content, their own merchandise-based content, you know, physical books, physical records, t-shirts, stuff like that. It's not abnormal for us to buy those types of products. This is how we hear about people these days. This is fine. This means you don't need to be a rock star on the radio to make your money. You can do it on YouTube with your own fan base that doesn't actually have to be that huge. You just need to buy your product. And again, the fact is a lot of them will. So this, to me, doesn't matter if, if I had 200 followers and I wanted to write a novel, I would still write the novel, you know, put the time into the beginning and basically get it perfect. So I feel really good about it and recommend it forever. You meet somebody new, you know, it comes up, you wrote a novel. Yeah, yeah, it's available on Amazon. It's a great price. They might buy it right there. That's cool. Anyway, so I hope, you know, we all have a point for doing it beside it. We want to write the book and all we got to do is find the time to do it. When it's tied into a business plan like this and you know where it's going, it's easier to get excited about it. 
right? When you're visualizing the audience that you're writing it for, I think it's it's easier to write. If you don't have a clear-cut purpose, you might want to reevaluate that. If you have a great story or you have a great whatever, then it shouldn't be that difficult. And the weird thing is that if you are really passionate about doing it already, you should have probably already started. And, you know, if the more passionate you are, the more obsessively you might want to work on it. So if you're just trying to find the time, I would just squeeze it in in the morning. And if you find yourself doing a half an hour, no problem, and then having to rush off for work, maybe wake up earlier the next day, maybe go to bed earlier and wake up earlier. You know, maybe you do have some energy to do it at night and you'll find it. it'll probably just get itself done. Product will probably just get itself done. And if you, sorry, there's no if, no matter what, you must recruit somebody, at least one person, but hopefully multiple people to help you edit, to give you both feedback on the way that it reads and actual grammatical help or you should pay somebody to do it i've paid somebody a thousand dollars to edit one of my books and i don't think i really got my money's worth but it probably was better than my own work still it's too hard to edit your own work i think you need help anyways last point on this for the last book that i wrote the most useful exercise that i felt i did was after i had finished the first version of the book and then I had also gone through it myself and did a, a basic edit to it. I had already been sending out drafts to people because once I announced it, people asked for it. I sent it maybe 20, maybe 30 people. I don't know. And within the next week, a bunch of them got back to me. But I immediately started recording the audiobook after I had finished going through it. And this was an audiobook read along. And I recommend this as well, too. Some people have kind of, some of my friends have disagreed with me. They said, you shouldn't make the audiobook and just give it away for free. But I think it's a great way to do it actually. Me if I like an audiobook, it almost forces me to buy the book. And I know there's a lot of people like me. But either way, it gets a lot of people to know about your book that wouldn't otherwise. It's free advertising basically. So, I believe it's a great idea. You can do it or not. I charge for the ebook by the way, but not the audio. It do it doesn't matter to me. Whatever. And it's more shareable and it's more accessible. And when you do the in a read-along format, it means you're basically doing a subtitle for the whole book. And that was, it was a lot of work. It took me a week straight. And like that, those were more intense work days than the actual writing of the book. But especially because it's mechanical, it's quite easy to do. It's not creative work the whole way through, right? You're just pasting it in and reading it off. But the beauty was when you're forced to read it all out loud, you're forced to dis determine whether it makes sense or not. So I made the most critical changes while I was actually reading it. And basically most of the feedback that I got, the most useful stuff was grammatical stuff that I could just easily find. But obviously you can notice a lot of that stuff clear as day too when you're forced to actually read it line for line, word for word. So it, to me, it's a useful exercise. Number one, number two, that video exists forever. You know, so it's, this is what we call evergreen content, content that is always going to be relevant on a search. And obviously, you know, views add up. There's view, there's videos that we posted, I think, like 13, 14 years ago. And they have over a million views, you know, or thousands of views and whatever. They've added up. And one of them has over a million views for sure. I don't know if the other ones do, but some of them have a surprising amount of views. It adds up. So if this is advertising your book for years and years and years and it gains any kind of attraction you know, that's going to help a lot. I think if this is a story too, this is quite suitable to have a, like a novel read to you 
on the TV with the words there too, that's great. You know, I enjoy that. Very few people put that kind of effort in, you know, so I've spent more time talking about the polishing of the product than actually doing the product because that's what the reality is. That's what the reality in most projects is. You know, the idea is one thing. That's great. Get the idea down on paper, get the business plan down on paper, and then the rest of the work is all in sculpting it out. It's all in having teams of people making it look proper and getting it out to market at an appropriate price. I did most of that myself. If you can't draw your own cover, I would recommend doing Fiverr or something. Finding somebody you know that can do graphic design. Uh, don't take their design just because you like them. Make sure you love the design and that it really makes sense. Um, because that's... It, in a lot of ways, the cover is more important than the book itself kind of thing. And I might not be the best at book covers in the whole world. But at least they're unique, you know. And at least I got it done kind of thing. So it goes back to my main point. Getting it done to me is a lot more important than perfectionism. Perfectionism is more often an excuse than it is a, a legitimate, you know, reason. People will say, I got to get it perfect or I'm not going to do it. And a lot of people will stop themselves from even attempting it because that perfection is never even possible. They're going to put themselves away from it in their mind. Oh, it's too hard right now. I got to put all this effort in. I need all the perfect timing. I need all the notes in front of me. I need all the numbers and the... forget all that. You get started. And then as it comes up, as you find yourself needing a specific reference, now you got to go find that reference. You know, you have one specific idea. You forgot it. Now you got to sit down and find it. it it's never going to be perfect is kind of what I'm saying. So if you if you just throw all that away and you just commit to actually doing it and, you know, maybe your first bunch of paintings suck, maybe your first book sucks, maybe it's not written correctly, maybe there's a glaring editing problem in the, in the end result and it makes you feel so bad that you go back and you fix it and you re-release it or you go and you work harder on the next one or whatever. And by the way, I plan to re-release pretty much everything that I've done up to this point, at least in a couple of years, because it's not that hard to do to sit back down again and to fix it up and re-release it. Don't need to do it right away. But it's on the list. Anyways, so I, I didn't comment that much on the Type 2 that has all the time in the world. I think they have the most problems in motivation, to tell you the truth. I think they have the most problems with depression and lack of motivation and stuff because it can be so hard to motivate yourself. And uh, we do say that you know, an, an empty calendar is the devil, basically, you know, idle hands is the devil kind of thing. So the, the type two with all the time in the world, they have the devil nearby, basically. If you don't keep yourself occupied, the devil's right there for you. And uh, you can fall into a hole and not get anything done and not feel like getting anything done. So that can be a major problem. Solution to that, wake up immediately and start working. Get everything done that you need to get done. I mean, even the dishes. If I wake up and I'm in a house alone and I wake up early... I do my stuff, like my reading and stuff, and then even before my work, like I'll sweep the floor, I'll do the dishes, I'll do something, stay active, keep crossing things off the list because it, it keeps you positive and it keeps the ball rolling. Before you know it, the day is actually done and you've done a whole lot, you know. And keep in mind, when you're working, say you're working in the morning, you're type two, you got the whole day, you start writing, you get into a flow, I mean... Not that much time has to pass before you're hungry and then you got to go and make lunch for yourself or, or whatever. And so I'm saying now you're into the groove and you're actually busy doing it. And you're realizing you don't even have time for this other stuff because you're busy doing the writing. Now this is the devil is not nearby anymore, basically. 
and it's it's really easy to just kind of continue on with that flow you know because you have this desire now oh, i've started i've got to go back to it i've got to finish it now that's the the beauty of starting it really creates the desire to finish right? you might not have the immediate desire to finish a book because the whole work process sounds so daunting but when you break it down into these steps it's mountains can be climbed in these kinds of steps right businesses are built in these types of steps so just you know put it out in the formula if you don't know what the book is even going to be about or how to structure it write those points down first make sure it has some kind of a flow put a whole 30 sit there and stare at your paper for 30 minutes it'll probably drive you nuts probably by the first eight minutes or up you'll have something on the paper you know probably the first session you will actually have an outline for your book right there in point form maybe it's 12 points you know if you have a story maybe it's 12 chapters maybe it's six maybe as you're writing it you come up with the seven and the eight and then the nine conclusion the acknowledgements by this point you've got a book you know and then just don't skimp out on the end don't get uh tired and, and demotivated once you've got the raw material the the raw painting the raw sculpture really put that that heart into sculpting it out recruit help and again before you know it piece by piece it comes together and it's done and that's it those are pretty much all my comments today guys i didn't have a, a huge amount on this but uh, more than one person has actually asked me about this and it, it does it applies to reading as well the exact same thing how do i read how do I, I don't have time to read do it first thing in the morning do it every single day and again that 30 minutes a lot of days you're in uh, this morning i was into the book i must have read for an hour and 15 minutes i've read this book before i wanted to reread it i'm really into it i had to stop myself i said well, i got other stuff to do i got to stop doing this thing that i want or that other people are asking how do you schedule this thing in same thing with working out you get into it and before you know it you know you you want to even stay a little bit more and get a few more sets in but you were dreading walking into the building kind of thing so just get it done and just keep doing it don't give yourself any excuses oh i don't feel like doing it well then sit down and stare at a blank screen because you'll probably feel more like hitting a few words than you will just sitting there staring at it. But force yourself into that time. Schedule the time so you don't have an excuse for it. Same concept with paying yourself first. Right? You pay yourself your 10% at least first so that you don't have any other excuse. It just doesn't exist. There, there is no other option. There's no fussing about it. That's what I do with this time in the morning or at night or after this or whatever. Or every single weekend you do this. I don't know. Just make it regular, and then the math will add up. You'll get it done. So that is truly it for now, guys. Appreciate you. Until next time.